Hey guys, and welcome back to Warhol Wookies with Richard and Roman. Hello everyone, that's your favourite podcast right here. Hopefully, it's somebody's favourite podcast. Um, yeah, so we've just had another game. Um, we both updated our armies based on what we talked about last week. Uh, so I'm continuing to play my demons and learn how to play them. Zinch is complicated, <laughs> as it should be. Uh, but So what I'm running now is I have my main battalion with my warlord, who's a lord of change, known as the unkillable lord of change. I won't go into all of his stats, but it's very, very hard to kill him, as we found out once again. We will mention that when, while we discuss in the game, we will mention it anyway. Yeah. And then I took two more Zinch characters. I got the changeling for Valentine's Day for my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> so I have the changeling in the army. Uh, he is basically a special character herald, um, gives us six plus if you want to paint a Zinch teams around him and can do a spell. And also he can choose one model in combat to become. Um, sort of an interesting little counter charge option, but he's mm -hmm. mostly there for the horrors, which are now on the list. Uh, I only have 10 horror models at the moment, so that's as many as I'm running. I kind of like to go to 30 because they're really hard to kill. And when you get to 30, it's worth investing points to split them mm -hmm. and stuff. And with the six up film of pain and a four plus in one, they're kind of hard to kill. Uh, my third character was just a standard Herald of Zinch. He's there for more psychic powers. This meant I had every spell on the Zinch spell list, which was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and then also in the troops section for that battalion, I had four Nurglings. Don't have the models because Games Workshop hasn't made any in ages. Um, so we just used bases today. With something like Nurglings, it's not ideal. Obviously, I'd never do it in a tournament. But when me and Roman are just practicing at home with new armies... They're tiny anyway, they're going to be behind line of sight blocking cover, so it doesn't seem like a big problem. Um, and I had my 20 Bloodletters, who kind of won the game without being deployed, yeah. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and uh, my army also did oh, I haven't uh, finished. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, really. Then I have my Slanesh Patrol, which is now a patrol instead of a battalion, so I save that CP. Um, also, the keen listeners among you will have noticed I don't have the Demon and Prince of Corn anymore, which saves me another 2 CP. Starting the game with 5 rather than 2 CP was much, much better. Uh, and in that Sanesh Patrol, obviously Keeper of Secrets, they're really good right now. Celesque, because I love the model and it's also really strong. A couple of units of 20 Demonettes, another unit of 10. A couple of units of Small Furies and two units of Fiends. Uh, the Demonettes and the Furies are what will probably be dropped in order to take more Horrors. Um, but that's the list as it is right now. Man, I always forget how big your list actually is, and uh, when when you stop describing, like, and, and took a small process, like thinking, like, that's pretty long one, but probably he already finished. No, yeah. you didn't. <laughs> oh, it's uh, there's a lot of special rules to talk about on the way, and it's like hundred and twenty models. So. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's quite a lot, even on the battle table, guys. Like, that's quite a lot. Unfortunately, that's an audio podcast only, so we can't show you any photos. Yeah. Or like how does that actually look on the battlefield? But if you're if you're interested, um, they've been running some pretty similar armies on Art of War, uh, on the YouTube channel. Um, so check those out. Um, anything with a little bit change in, you'll see kind of similar sort of demon builds. Kind of where I got my inspiration from. Yeah, and uh, my list was basically uh, like sort of variation of what we discussed last time uh, with Richard after the after the last game. So I took yeah, I dropped Knight. And I took Custodes instead, and I can def and I can definitely tell you guys like Custodes are 
so much tougher even though like toughness is lower and uh, strength is lower as well but they're really tough to kill yeah i mean it's the two plus armor save and three plus invulnerable which yeah. means they're really hard to get through yeah exactly exactly and you killed like uh three of them yeah i mean or... we'll get to the game but we didn't play that many yeah times. yeah uh so basically yeah they're, they're pretty tough uh so i had two units of custodians in my patrol detachment uh, two units of custodian guards, all with swords and uh, shields, storm shields, which actually give them uh, free up an honorable save. I also had a Trian Valoris, which is basically mm -hmm. a main HQ for uh, for custodians, at least the main character for custodians. And I also had a captain on the um, uh, on the bike, mm -hmm. on a bladed bike, which was really cool as well. Uh, apart from that, I also had a battalion detachment of Admech with Cole and Jack Prince Manipulus. Also, I had three units of uh, vanguards. Mm -hmm. uh, with two, in, two, in two units, they actually had sniper rifles, and one unit didn't have sniper rifle. That was just for points, though, really, right? Yeah, exactly. That was more for points. Uh, then I also had uh, three robots and uh, two and two Scorpius uh, Dune Riders. Uh, no, Scorpius Disintegrators. Disintegrators. Yeah. Dune Riders are just transport. Uh, that's that was basically my list, I think. Yeah, that was basically my list. Yeah. Um, so, how did you feel about the game, Roman? Uh, well, in general, I th I think that I like uh, I like the change. Uh, first, because I kind of kind of got tired of knights all the time. Uh, they're really nice. I love them. Uh, but when you play the same army over and over and over again, sometimes you get tired. And uh, second, it's my first step towards my New Year resolution, right? Mm -hmm. I promised they're going to get some new armies, and here we go. We have some new guys here. Uh, I actually bought a train Valoris. I didn't start. I didn't even start to paint him because I didn't have time. Uh, but again, that's not so many models to paint. So I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'll manage. Yeah, I have a quite a lot more to paint than you do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, the only thing that I still don't know how to play them. Uh, that's my biggest problem <laughs> in, in the custodious part of my list. Uh, I don't remember the rules, I don't remember the stats, I don't remember the stratagems. Uh, and uh, those, there has also been quite a few changes uh, if you compare the codex of custodious with everything else that's been released afterwards. I mean, the FEQs, uh, chapter approved, uh, psychic war as well, some rules there. So like, and uh, for now the Codex of Custodius hasn't been really updated since it was basically released. So you need to check like some things you need to find on the internet. You have some stratagems here, some some stratagems there. World War Trades again, like here and there. Uh, fortunately, we have Battle Scribe where we have everything. Yeah, I mean we're both in a similar position there. Uh, Exalted Demons is the rules that um, the demons got for. Um, uh, engine, from engine war but uh i mean that's easy like that's just one sheet there are stratagems in there as well but they're not great so you just need that but the real issue is that fiends keepers of secrets have all got new data sheets that aren't in the codex and um there's a few other slanish models that have been updated or added that aren't in the current codex so battle scribe is really the only way i can check my rules um, and like I was saying to Roman earlier, I, as a Dark Elder player, I even think it's kind of annoying they're doing mm -hmm. a Dark Elder Codex now, because the only really thing from the Dark Elder that isn't in the Codex is Drezar's rules, which you can have on a little card print out and just put in your Codex, mm -hmm. uh, which came with the model, model. 
Um, well, actually, it came comes with the model and it come came with the book as well. So um, they're really easy to get hold of. And um, there's like one um, uh, chapter tactic that people use, but that's kind mm-hmm. of it. Whereas like we look at Demons of Custodies and we're like flicking through different FAQs and yeah. different updates and everything to find our rules. So it does slow the game down a bit. Um, I think the biggest difference with this game and the last one was the deployment zones. Yeah. So in the first game we had diagonal deployment, which gave Roman lots of time to shoot me before mm-hmm. I got into combat. And I definitely, my list wasn't anywhere near as good as this one. Swapping from the Demon Prince of Corn to have two psychers is a huge improvement. Yeah. And, um, but the, the distance between us, uh, this time we have table quarters, which meant I was able to get first turn charges. Mm-hmm. Um, and which Roman allowed by deploying his custodians aggressively. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel that that was the wrong move against my army. But it's the right move against every single other army in the game. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that well, I, I think the same way as well. But at the same time, I kind of felt that I had to do this just to try it out. Like, mm-hmm. can they stand that charge or not? And yeah. now I can see that they can't. I mean, like, uh, they don't they don't die, but the whole army kind of like has been drawn into that swamp of your yeah. your guys here and there, and uh, they kind of blocked, so I can't do much. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I couldn't shoot a lot. I couldn't like attack a lot. Uh, so like many, many, many abilities that I initially have as a like half, half custodian, half at mech army, I couldn't use any of those actually. Yeah, and I think like it's very specifically an issue against demons because of um, a, a, like three things really. Firstly, slanesh demons are incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so even on a long board, there's a chance of them a first turn charge. And if you put your models forwards like that, you're in a in a quarter board. You're going to get charged. Mm-hmm. Then you have the fiends, and fiends won't let you leave combat when mm-hmm. they're in combat with you. So you put a keeper of secrets and a fiend into using custodies. Yeah, it's going to take a few rounds to kill them. Mm-hmm. Maybe like three or four combats even, but it means you can't shoot the keepers. And then I'm in the center. Mm-hmm. And I think the third issue um, is because I have like a horde army. Um, putting your guys into the center to take the center objective really great custodies everything's objective secured but when you have 50 demonettes mm-hmm. it's like well i'll just stand all of these demonettes one inch away from you and hold the objectives anyway yeah uh, but like i said i think against any other army like if you're playing against marines yeah absolutely throw them up like they're not going to be able to kill them you're going to kill them in mm-hmm. combat and they're not going to have the bulk to to uh, be able to out objective secure you at least not for more than one turn um so yeah i think you your deployment was perfect in every situation apart from this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like uh, that's what, what that was my first game with the custodians. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when it's actually like half of my army are custodians. Like never played like that before ever. And uh, even though I used bikers before, uh, still like quite some time passed, and you saw like I like some rules were changed and some rules I didn't remember how they should work. Uh, so yeah, I mean like uh, this is this is a still a really positive experience uh, because I learned how to actually play this army, and I guess next time I will be way more conservative with my deployment against you. I mean, like you definitely learn the most when you lose a game, mm-hmm. and like I think we can really see that from my f- my first game with the demons last week. Um, I made loads of mistakes yeah. and lost the game. And this time, I learned from that, and then I won. And whereas Roman was playing with models he'd never used before, and he's not had much practice against demons, like, yeah. I haven't been playing them much. 
and they haven't really been much more than a joke in the meta until ninth has come mm. out. Um, so of course he's going to make mistakes, and that's you, like we say many times here: you you don't win games, you lose them on your mistakes. Yeah. And um, capitalizing on your opponent's mistakes is how you how you get into a position where you can win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like next game is going to be really different. Deployment was huge, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something we're going to really learn playing against these, these armies against each other. And we definitely have real hard counters to each other in our lists. I've got pretty much the only thing that's going to get into combat with the Gastonis mm-hmm. and not mind. And Roman's got kind of the only shooting that can take down Greater Demons. Yeah, and they failed. And he failed. It was close. Um, so let's run through the little change yeah. of stats. I know I said we wouldn't, but I think it's kind of important for people who weren't listening last week. Um... Lord of Change has 16 wounds, so he can hide, which is a big start. Mm-hmm. He has fly, so he can go wherever he wants. Um, he has a... I take the impossible rope, which is a 3-plus mm-hmm. invulnerable save that once per game he can re-roll. Mm-hmm. If you roll a 2 on that on that re-roll, then the model is removed from the battlefield. But obviously you only use it when mm-hmm. he's going to die anyway, so it's only a positive. And then he has a 6 that feel no pain. And at the end of your... At the, of the at the end of the shooting of the unit that's shooting him, once they've shot all of their guns, any wounds he's passed in his field and pain get added back onto the model. Um, so Roman unloaded 72 shots from his robots with mortal wounds and got the the Lord of Change down to like two wounds. Um, but then I recovered eight. Yeah. And I was back on ten. Yeah. Um, and at that point, um, there was an opening for me to drop my blood letters in to take Roman's only objective moves holding. The Lord of Change was alive. The Keeper of Secrets hadn't even taken a wound. And Roman's like, there's no point in this playing anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, you just won, like, by everything. Because yeah. even, for example, even if for some, like, something would happen, I don't know, like, the Emperor himself, like, stands on... Okay, that probably would win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, uh, even if I would, for some reason, like, survive the next round, yeah. uh, you would be so much ahead on points. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. I mean, unwounded Celeste and the Keeper were ready to... Um, charge into the custodians. The custodians were in combat with the keeper. There was like eight left, mm-hmm. and Trajan was left. Um, the captain was in the middle of the battlefield. I was just going to ignore him and mm-hmm. I'd just surround him with objectives procured. So mm-hmm. he's going to kill a lot of dollars. Yeah. But they're always going to be holding the objective just because there's more of them. And um, the Celeste and the keeper, uh, there's a spell that lets you fight in the psychic phase. They always strike first. They've got loads of attacks. Um, Celeste actually has a flat damage three attack, which is mm-hmm. perfect for killing custodies. And um, they were just going to munch them, in, if not in the next combat, in the combat afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the robots were going to be... So Roman had uh, one of his... Um, uh, what are they called? The things that shoot out of line of sight? It's such a weird name. <laughs> Uh, disintegrators Scorpius disintegrators Scorp- yeah one Scorpius disintegrator next to the robots and I could fly my little change over so I didn't have to charge the robots just charge the tank and then tag the robots and then there's a good chance at that point a robot shooting to combat against the Lord change and kill him mm-hmm. um, but my blood letters were going to come down and take his objective they get a 3d6 charge from deep strike obviously you can re-roll that I can also re-roll one dice each turn because of a zinch spell so it's definitely going to take that objective. At that point, I have Nurglings on another objective, Furies on another objective, holding the center of the Demonets, holding the Batfall objective with the Horrors. At that point, I had every objective on the battlefield. All the Custodians were going to die in a turn or two. The robots were going to shoot the Lord of Change. I think they probably might have killed him, 
but then the keeper would have gone in. Exactly. And Celeste would have gone in. Yeah. And then the and then the robots would have died. And then Roman would have had his just as disintegrators and cool left. Mm-hmm. And we just decided to call the game there, really. I, if you're in a tournament, never surrender. Yeah, on to- on the tournament, no. Like, on the tournament, just, like, try to grab as many points as you can. The problem with surrendering in a tournament is the ITC rules are really harsh on surrendering. Mm-hmm. Um, you score zero points if you yeah. give up. And your opponent scores max points. Um, and I, I think that should change, personally. Um, it's difficult to balance because it's very hard to predict how many points you would actually score throughout the game. Like, mm-hmm. there's a good chance I would have maxed my primaries. There's a good chance I would have um, maxed all the points I could on secondaries, apart from maybe losing the call of call, the Lord of Change, which I had a while we stand we fight on. Um, but so it's really hard to say how many points that player should get. So that's why they give you max points. That is less controversial. The controversial thing is the defending player scoring zero points. Because when you're in a tournament, it's not just about winning games, it's about scoring points mm-hmm. of where you end up. And like I Roman still could have scored quite a lot of secondary points. Yeah. Um I probably killed a few characters. Yeah, exactly. And um like but it's kind of impossible to predict. Mm-hmm. And but giving you zero is is just no good. And like most of the time you want to play the game out and, and have fun as well. Yeah. Um, today Roman just wasn't in the mood to finish the game I understand that <laughs> from the position he was in um, it can be kind of sad seeing your army getting rolled um, but yeah we live and we learn yeah we live and learn exactly exactly and uh, I'm pretty sure that next time next time I'm going to beat your army yeah now, or, I mean like okay by the next time I will finally learn the custodians rules I yeah. hope or at least most of them I think it's homework time for you, really, isn't it? Just sitting yeah. and reading through all of those rules and making sure you get them yeah, in your head. Exactly, exactly. Like, read the rules, read the tactics, like, see how people actually use custodians, like, yeah. how do they play them in general. So, yeah, that's quite a lot of homework I need to do before I will actually start playing this army. Um, there was one really good move you made, though, with the custodians, because they have a stratagem called Stooping Dive. Um, uh, a lot of people call it Stupid Dive. Stupid Dive. Because yeah. it's annoying. Uh, it basically means you can charge in your opponent's charge base. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Roman used that to charge Trajan into a unit of fiends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, on one side of the battlefield, you had the Lord of Change, Silesk, and the fiends all in one unit of custodies. And my plan was just for them to sit there and just not worry. Mm-hmm. And that that would really lock Roman up. But Trajan charged him, killed all the fiends apart from one, which he got down to two wounds. The custodies finished it off that point he was able to pull the custodies out and that gave him the opportunity to shoot Law of the Change and there is a chance I mean the robot's got the Law of Change down to two wounds if even with ten wounds left there was a slim chance he would have finished him off with the um, with the disintegrators but I just rolled a lot of three up yeah. bonds at that point and the thing is uh, and I rolled a lot of sixes. Actually, as well. I mean, today you, you rolled really hot. I did like, roll super I, hot today. You rolled super hot. Yeah. Like all the all the uh, advanced. advanced uh, I didn't roll less than a four on an advance. Yeah, exactly. In an army that advances and charges. Exactly. So you just like, I don't know, like you basically like, from the from your part of the board, you just like rolled towards like my army yeah. in one move. Like. But once the blood letters, I mean, we never put the blood letters down. We didn't actually because we didn't actually get to turn two mm-hmm. before Rome was out of turn one to play anymore. But once the budget has gone down, I would have held every single quarter of the board. Yeah. And Roman would just had up some models here and there. And like that shows you the power of 
of the fiends more than mm -hmm. anything. They're advancing charge and getting to hold stuff in combat. Yeah. Um, I mean, the keep is really strong. Celeste is really strong. But if they charge something and, uh, like, they're probably, like, if it's a custodian, they're not going to kill it in one round of combat. Mm -hmm. You pull out of combat, you shoot them, they die, right? They're tough, but they're not invincible. Um, especially Celeste. I mean, three plus armor save sounds great, but any sort of minus, even if you get a minus one on him, mm -hmm. he's gonna, he's, he's toast. Um, but having the fiends there just holding stuff in combat so you can't shoot them, like, it, it gives you this real confidence to just really aggressively take mm -hmm. the board. Yeah. I think that next time what I will do, I mean, in the same situation, for example, let's say that we have the same deployment, the same mission, everything is the same. Uh, well, I would put my custodians, uh, I definitely wouldn't put them on the front line, that's for sure. Yeah. I probably would measure like good 12, 13 inches mm. from uh, from the edge of my deployment zone and then deploy everything probably too tight to each other, but that's fine. I mean, they can like uh, extend uh, yeah. later on during the game. I would allow you to have the center, I would allow you to have like three quarters of the board, yeah. like that's fine. For the I mean, I'm gonna be ahead in primary for the mm -hmm. first two or three turns, but you have to give yourself the opportunity to kill the Keeper of Secrets before it gets into combat. Yeah. And like, once you've done that, then that's one big monster gone. Lord of Change is issue, but if I get too cocky with him and too aggressive, he, mm -hmm. he will go down. Um, and he kind of wants to stay in the center and cast spells, right? Yeah. Um, and once the keep is gone, and like you take out the fiends, like the first game we had, um, the keeper did get a first turn charge, but then died, mm -hmm. and all the fiends died. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, oh, <laughs> and like when that happens, I like Celeste is there, but can't really charge because he's mm -hmm. going to be out of position and get killed. So I'm losing that huge asset there. The Lord of Change has to get a bit more aggressive, at which point he puts himself up to risk of dying, and like it just completely flips the game on its head. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like pre-measuring, like is such an important skill. Yeah, especially against these armies that are going first turn charges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, even though my army is not that fast, like custodians are in general like six inch movement. Mm -hmm. uh, only biker has like. 12 or 14. Yeah, I think it's 14. 14. Yeah. Uh, it, it's probably 12, but because of the super bike, he has 14. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the rules, guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everything else is kind of slow, like 6, 8 max, I think. Don't, yeah. don't, no, no more than that. I mean, oh, no, no. Uh, disintegrators, uh, they also 12. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of want to hand yeah, back anyway, right? Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, even though like the army is kind of slow, but it, it shoots, it shoots pretty yeah, well. Yeah, shoot real well. Uh, and the distance of shooting is also big and it's bigger because of the, um, the Czech priest, uh, yeah. Manibulus, yeah. forgetting his name. And like the custodies, like in combat, against anything apart from greater demons and the Dimacarons, which are the mm -hmm. Forge World Tyranids, yeah. um, they're gonna win. They slaughter, they yeah. just slaughter for everything. Yeah. And they don't die. Um, so Actually, yeah. they didn't die much even no. today. Uh, I was actually surprised. I was When the Lord of Change and Celeste was into five custodians, I was like, ah, oh, they're going to die now. And I killed, like, one. <laughs> <laughs> and one more took a wound. It's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, these guys are real tough. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they hold really well. I mean, like, if you compare with the knights, I can tell that they hold really well. Yeah. Uh, because... Oh, Celeste can kill a knight. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, 
uh, I think that in order to block your demons from coming closer, for example, if they could come closer, then custodians can work. But I shouldn't use them as a swamp as I use your demons. Yeah. Uh, nah, no way. You gotta hold them back a little bit, and I have to advance as far as I can. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have a choice. Try and stay to cover so you can't shoot me so much, but there's only so much you can do against stuff that shoots out of line of sight. And as soon as those robots see a unit, it's gonna die. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think you were kind of unlucky to get the Lord changed down to only two wounds. Just yeah. another couple of mortals. I mean, I'm rolling sixes to pass those, mm -hmm. and he would have gone. And certainly, are, with two I mean, rounds of shooting, he's dead. Man, you rolled so many sixes so today. Many like, sixes. Guys, can you imagine? Like He he actually regenerates wounds on sixes, right? And, and uh, eight sixes. And he rolled eight sixes. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like I did have to burn a CP and the free reroll to keep him alive. But, but anyway, I mean, like, it's it's still an incredible yeah. amount. Uh, I Honestly, I wouldn't expect this to happen. I was thinking, like, probably, like, 72 shots is kind of too much because, like, 72 shots, hitting on fours, reload everything because of call. Then uh, uh, on sixes, I get additional hits uh, because of roller trades. And then on sixes to wound, mortal wounds. That should be enough to kill a model with 16 wounds, right? Yeah. yeah. But, like, it was really close. And, like, the thing is, he doesn't regenerate the wound until you finish shooting. Mm -hmm. um, so just having... I just need to keep him alive on one wound against the robots. And, like, I feel like, I feel like our games between Roman's uh, Admech, Custodes, Mix, and my Demon's Army are really going to come down to these moments of do the robots kill the Lord Change? Yeah. Do the robots kill the Keeper of Secrets? Like, a 16-wound model with a 3-plus... Uh, invulnerable save and a six up feel no pain which they both have is hard to kill but the robots are the one thing in the in the in the game really mm -hmm. that has a really good shot of doing it no pun intended and um like yeah i think a lot of it's going to come down to can you can you kill it yeah yeah because everything else is like uh, those small demons, they yeah. die like flies, yeah. like they don't, I don't really bother against them. I mean, they're going to score me so many points in the first two, maybe three turns, but once the big demons are down, you can just pick them all up and then win turn four, five. Yeah, yeah. What I'm thinking as well is probably I should, um, I'm pretty sure there is a rule for custodians, at least it was the rule, that uh, I can put them on the battlefield like first turn, I think. Oh, a deep strike. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I, I need to check, I mean, like, I don't, honestly, I don't remember. But if it's possible, then I probably would pick my biker custodian and then deploy him on the back. Yeah. And then just, like, annoy the demons and slaughter yeah. everyone. Try and get through the the screening and kill those supporting characters. Yeah. Like, denying me ritual would yeah, be a exactly. big, big swing. Exactly. So this is probably one thing that I should do. And then, like, as I mentioned, uh, keep custodians a little bit back and then come forward. Uh, Admech, deploy super tight, like that's fine, then you can move them uh, from this, like from your first turn if you come in second. Or even if it's your first turn, that's even better, I mean, you can just move them straight away, like, yeah, probably not far away, but nah, that's enough. I mean, like, the distance is still going to be more or less good because uh, with Manipulus, you have plus six inches for shooting, mm -hmm. and uh, Robots shoot uh, 36 inches, so that's basically 42. 42. 42 is pretty much the whole table, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, the amount of terrain is big, and it's it's kind of difficult for Admech to manage that, but you still can. Like, it's not impossible. Yeah, probably won't be able to see the whole army. Yeah, but most of it. Yeah. Most of it, anyway. I think, like, uh, Admech are, like, definitely... Um, 
like a sort of like an A position, like mm -hmm. they're very strong. But I think in the hands of a really good general, because they're an army you don't see that often, they mm -hmm. can push into that like S tier potentially tournament winning situation. Mm -hmm. If you come across a couple of people who haven't really played against Agmate before, don't really understand the power of the robots or the Scorpius integrators, like you'll roll them, especially with the custodies holding the center for you. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, like <laughs> Roman's got stuff that is the worst thing possible for my army. Mm -hmm. And I've got stuff that's the worst thing possible for his army, which makes <laughs> it really great practice. Like, um, if your opponent, even if you don't have much that you can fight against your main opponent, if your main opponent is taking stuff that is going to, like, be a really big problem for you, and you're practicing for tournaments, that's a really good position to be in. Because mm -hmm. it means when you go to the tournament, you'll have practiced against the hardest thing, and then, especially the first couple of games where you're randomly paired with people probably going to come across at least one person who's not really sure how to play the game at mm -hmm. a high level and you'll absolutely dominate and then when you get into those tougher armies like marines and harlequins um you practice against things that you're used to being really difficult for your army i mean like i think marines to admech is kind of a good analogy there for how tough they are for my army to deal with and i think demons and harlequins are probably the two hardest things for roman's army to deal with mm -hmm. and again they're quite similar. Um, so it gives you good practice against things that are hard for you to beat. And if you can beat them, then you're going to go at least 3-2. Yeah, yeah. I actually remember that the same, the same thing happened with me when we played on the previous tournaments. When we played on the previous tournaments. Yeah, it feels like Jesus years Christ. ago, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like years. Actually, a few days ago, it's been more than a year since I went to Spain mm -hmm. uh, last year. <laughs> uh, and uh, like I, I, I was just like sitting in front of my laptop like uh, and uh, then uh, Apple remember feature came remember feature of Apple is basically they take your photos add some strange music and call this is this a nice, nice thing to remember it's like no Apple not now right. <laughs> in general yeah in general it is but not not now really uh, and that's like Wow, that that's been a year, and basically, basically, after I returned from Spain, we had our last tournament. Yeah. So it was a year ago. A year ago. A year ago. Uh, anyway, uh, before that, before that, <laughs> before that tournament, uh, I played a lot against your uh, Dark Elders, mm -hmm. and you know what? Dark Elders were super hot. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people play Dark Elder. Play. The, I played against them in London. I played against them in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the time. Uh, I played against them here in Stockholm. I'm mean, not in Stockholm, but in Westeros, in Sweden. Uh, and uh, from all those games, like people say, do you know what those guys do? Like, do you know how they shoot? Do you know? Yes, I know everything that they do. Like yeah. by that point, I knew your army like so well. I could probably play it myself. Yeah. <laughs> because of that many games we had against against our killers. Uh, so and uh, I I th I think that I haven't lost any game against them actually, because in the tournament. Yeah, on the you tournament. Against me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you played them really well, and yeah. uh, I know exactly what they're going to do. So like every time I remember, I played against Logai, uh, who had exactly the same list as you, and um, or like more or less mm -hmm. the same. And uh, I knew exactly what he's what he was planning to do, and I moved my troops like here and there. And it's like. You know, I play against you and it feels like you can read the mind, like, because you move exactly like I'm planning to do and it's really annoying. It's like, now nah, I have no idea from where it came from. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I think that playing against lots of different armies is a good thing, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but if you don't have the option, playing against something that's hard for you is the next best thing. Um, when the Dark Elder book comes out, I'll definitely take it for a spin. Mm -hmm. um, I'm worried that it's going to be super, super strong and I'm going to fade away from demons and this project will never get finished. But I'm going to try and try and focus on the demons. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely take it for a spin. And that's going to be really interesting to see how Roman's Advent now plays against Dark Elder. It's been a long time yeah, since I've used them. Because I've switched Emperor's Children after Psychic Awakening. Um, who were really good, but have just been outpaced now, mm -hmm. I think. Um, the the issue is with Empress Children is it's all about noise marines or turn layers, mm -hmm. probably both. Remnant from Mario Vigilia gives you one turn of rerolling runes, runes in a bubble, super strong, super powerful. In a more casual game, maybe a bit too much, mm -hmm. but at tournament level, with the amount of terrain there is now, it's so hard to get a good line of sight on from several units. And still be within that bubble of six. Mm -hmm. It actually makes it quite tricky. Uh, one thing that people are running is a combination of Slanesh Demons with either Noise Marines or Terminators. And I can definitely see the strength in that. But personally, I feel like the Lord of Change is so, so good. And Nurglings are so, so good. That if you're going to run Chaos, you're probably better taking the Slanesh Demons than taking Lord of Change and Nurglings mm -hmm. to actually win more games. You're going to have maybe more fun with the Empress Children because you're going to get that one or two games at a tournament where the stars align and you table your opponent in one turn of shooting. But it's a lot of eggs in baskets. Whereas I think this more pure demons approach is kind of spreading the threats a little bit. Like everything in, in the army has a job to do and does it well. Yeah. I think that demons actually a better option at the moment than, uh, yeah. than Cave Space Marines. Even though I see a lot of Cave Space Marines armies, actually. Yeah. Well, most of them are backed up with demons these days. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think you're better off leaning more into demons. Uh, uh, to be honest, most of it's just the flexibility mm -hmm. of demons. Um, Chaos Space Marines are kind of... The, War Time's a really, really good spell. Um, the Five of Thorn of Pain is a really, really good spell. Presence is a really, really good spell. Okay, but that locks you into having at least three people who can cast spells. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your shooting platforms are Terminators, which can deep strike, but then the Remnant of the Maraviglia can't take a jump pack, so how mm -hmm. do you get him up there? It really like you, it makes your movements super predictable because you they can see, all right, so your guys are there, he's got the relic, he can move with an advance, let's say he moves 10 inches, you get a good mm -hmm. advance roll. He can move here, here, and here, and here. That means you can put your Terminators in this area. Well, I'll just move over to the other side of the board. Mm -hmm. And then you're just waiting for that good time to actually use the Relic. Mm -hmm. And against a good player, you're just going to get kited across the board while they outscore you on objectives. Because Chaos models are expensive, right? In yeah. points. And Demon, well, Chaos Space Marines are expensive in points. Whereas Demons have this wonderful balance of having incredibly cheap, cheap troops and um really powerful expensive mm -hmm. big models and like it just it makes it so much more flexible yeah and this flying chicken you have like this one it's just, nightmare, just incredible i mean like honestly guys like i think that every army should has it, its own chicken <laughs> admin has their own chicken but they are like die like flies unfortunately they're really they're real chickens yeah. and this one is in, like i don't know like it's like super super superman mm -hmm. super mm -hmm. super chicken
Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> and he's he's quite scary in combat. It's mm-hmm. not amazing combat, but he's quite scary. And then he can cast two powers a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets plus two to his cast, so you're going to get at least one super smite in a game. Probably two. Yeah. He's got another spell that smites one unit and then every unit around it, including your own, so you have to be a bit careful with it, but usually it's worth it. I, I mean, denied it today. You did deny that today. Um, but usually it's worth it. I mean, you take D3 more wounds on, say, your fiends, because they're mm-hmm. on the front, but you've done D3 more wounds to three of your opponent's units. Mm-hmm. Fine. Like, not an issue. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll live with that. Um, so, yeah, like, I, he's he's so good. And um, I think he kind of has to be the base of any competitive chaos list. And from there, the Zinch, um, taking pure Zinch doesn't really give you anything. Um, mm-hmm. It makes you better in combat, which is not what you want from Zinch mm-hmm. but to be fair if it did anything for your psychic powers then it would be ridiculous um, so you're taking Nurglings because they're cheap they can scout they sit on the objectives before your opponent even has a chance mm-hmm. to get to them and their objectives cured because they're not really durable but they're durable enough and then I think from there you're looking at taking um, either Sinish Demons for the powerful quick combat or somebody like Magnus Another flying chicken. Yeah, basically. And then you have two unkillable psychic gods. Yeah. Um, which is definitely something I'm tempted by, but <laughs> we'll try and stay away from Magnus. <laughs> I mean, if Fulgrim comes out, I'll buy him immediately. Like, yeah. I whatever know. whatever project's having a go, I'll just buy Fulgrim, but I'll try and stay away from Magnus. Actually, can you fit Magnus into that list? Like Into this list I have. Um, yeah, so you change He's quite... like Lord of War, right? Yeah, so you take him as Lord of War. You pay three CP to take him because uh-huh. you want the chicken to be the warlord because uh-huh. that's what makes him so durable. Um, but then you're kind of forced into dropping the Slanesh Demons and taking Thousand Suns so you can have Araman to buff Magnus. Uh-huh. Either that or you take the buff spells on Magnus himself. He's definitely going to cast when he's Magnus. And then what you do is you give Magnus warp time and um, Glamour, the one that gives him plus one in one. I can't remember, uh, there's a few. There's two buffs that you really want, but you need to take another thousand and sorcery to get them. Mm-hmm. But you take warp time, you take one of the buff spells, probably the improvement to invulnerable save, and then your third spell you cast is smite, you cast three spells a turn, mm-hmm. you fly forward, you cast your buff spell, you smite, you use warp time to fly away again. Mm-hmm. And that's, yo-yoing Magnus like that is super strong. And you could take that with Sanesh Demons as well. You'd probably be looking at taking, um, cutting all of the all of the demon stuff down a lot. Mm-hmm. So you'd have the kill, unkillable tricking, you'd have the Nurglings, um, and then you'd probably take uh, just a standard change caster for another mm-hmm. Zinch caster to do a ritual for you. Um, but there's no way you can take Horrors, there's no way you can take Blood Letters. Um, and then you take the Sanesh Patrol, Silesk, and a keeper or two keepers, a few demonets and some fiends. So it's kind of similar to what I'm running, mm-hmm. but I really like having the blood letters as this little tool that I can drop mm-hmm. in. And um, I really like the horrors as this really good screen that mm-hmm. can be on many objectives. And I'm not keen on running three big models. Mm-hmm. Like, I think two is really my limit. Like, I know I said last week if Bellacorn is a Lord of War, mm-hmm. then I'll probably end up running him. Mm-hmm. But that's Bellacorn, man. That's one of my favourite <laughs> characters in the game. Right? Same same sort of situation as Fulgrim, right? Um, but yeah, like, the Magnus list, I see the strength in it, but I think, for my personal playstyle, like, it mm-hmm. does come down a lot to playstyle. Mm-hmm. Having one super unkillable model, one fairly unkillable model, 
and then like a lot of toolboxes mm-hmm. that I can I can use is more is more my playstyle because mm-hmm. I like being I like dominating the board like I like uh, like I'm very focused on primary and secondary's gone second mm-hmm. um, whereas like with with the Magnus list you're probably going to be losing on primary and looking to win on secondary yeah yeah um, that's that's a bit different playstyle of course yeah. 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 Well, that's probably what, all about the game. I still want have I have one thing to complain about. Like What's guys, that? guys, if you if if you as I do subscribed for uh, Games Workshop newsletters, mm-hmm. then you probably saw this horrible, absolutely disgusting letter uh, about the new boxes for Kill Team. Yeah. We don't play Kill Team much, like in general. But I can tell that's that's what they call greediness. Mm. That's a box of kill team, and that in but in that box of kill team you have two units, one unit for each army, which is basically like five models, I think. Yeah. And then you have uh, one character, so each army also has one character, and that's it. Yep. And this box costs one hundred and sixty dollars, which is an absurd amount. Which is absurd, like absolute absurd. They didn't even put dice inside. No. No dice, no terrain. Well, like, there's cardboard cutout terrain. Yeah, like exactly. Sick. Like it's it's just it's just ridiculous. So I think that Games Workshop started to do the same as like you know like as those uh, big game companies like EA or like I don't know Activision. Activision, yeah. Just like let let's use loot boxes and put some ridiculous price on it until people start complaining, and then when you start complaining, it's like yeah yeah yeah, let's make it a bit lower. Yeah. It's still ridiculous, but people like complain less about that, and that's kind of fine. I mean, I. I think with this box set the thing that really annoys me is that they have models in there that people really want that have only been available in Indomitus and in the starter sets mm-hmm. and that was a long time ago now that Indomitus yeah. came out like it was like before the summer yeah and we're in the spring now and it's pretty much a year yeah I mean maybe eight months I'm not really sure exactly but it feels like a really long time mm-hmm. and people want heavy intercessors and they want flayed ones and they want the new characters and they want blade cards and they want all these things and Games Workshop is saying, well, if you want to buy them, you have to buy a load of this other army you don't want and pay a premium for it because it's a kill team box set, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, they really, at this point, should be breaking them down into their own box sets and just selling them to people. And I don't know. It, yeah, you're right. It's just greedy. And it's really annoying because Games Workshop has been doing really well in a lot of ways. Like, the game isn't the best place it's ever been. Mm-hmm. The design department is knocking it out of the park with the models. Like, I think there's too much Primaris, but... All the primary models are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, it's a game about Space Marines anyway, yeah, so yeah, that's kind of difficult, difficult to complain about that. But about this thing, I definitely can complain and I will. Because... It's this endless war, I feel like, in Games Workshop between the design department and the marketing department. And the, mar- the design department's like, hey, we've made all these cool models. And the marketing department's like, how much can we make out of this? Right, you know? It yeah. just bothers me. Yeah, yeah. And then, then it's like infinite circle. I mean, like... Uh, Honestly, just like just separate them into boxes and sell them into boxes. I I understand that it's going to probably cost the same. Yeah, that's that that's sure. But at the same time, it's kind of fair. I mean, like I mean, you, you don't put have to them buy stuff you don't want. You put them into box, and people buy the box. Yeah. Uh, the exact box that they want, and they don't get dice, they don't get special rules or anything, but they get the box yeah. with the things that they want. While in this case, they also get a box. Uh, there's two things: the one that you want, yeah. and the one that you're probably going to sell on eBay. Yeah. 
Or just it sits on a shelf collecting dust as they think, oh yeah, I should probably sell it on eBay and never get around to it. Yeah. Which I'm sure what most people end up doing. And it's just, it's so frustrating. Like, and we don't need another starter box for Kill Team. Like, if you play Kill Team, you play Kill Team. Kill Team is the easiest game to get into. Yeah. You buy a box set of models you like, you buy the rule book. Done. Done, like, yeah. That's all you need. And there's already really good Kill Team starter sets if you want to get a Kill Team starter mm-hmm. set. Like this one not having proper terrain or even dice in it. Like how can you even call that a starter set? It's starter sets, why not a starter set? Yeah. It's like it's like a, a Internet Explorer was uh, before, like browser to download the browser. Yeah. Uh, so this is starter sets, why not a starter set? Well, like, you're gonna go in and you're gonna be like, Oh, I'm really interested in playing Warhammer, but I don't wanna buy off more than I can chew, where should I start? Oh, you start with kill team. You and your friend can split this box here. Like do, do you like Necrons? Do you like Space Marines? Even if they both say, Yeah, yeah, we'll split that box. Okay, so now you need to buy a tape measure each, and you both need to buy some dice. Oh, um, and you probably want this expanded rule set as well. And it's like, come on, like, if you're going to do a starter set, make it starter set. Put some bloody dice and tape measures in there. My brother bought a Dungeon Dragon starter set a few days ago. Yeah. What does it have, you may ask? Like, it has a rule book. Yeah. Uh, it has scenarios. Yeah. It has pre-filled lists of the characters, yeah. so you don't need to think about that either. Uh, it has actually centers that you can play even without Dungeon Master. Mm-hmm. So you just go for it. You yeah. go section by section. Everything is already written. You just go. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, and uh, it has some. It has uh, the pack of dices, like yeah. all the dices that you need. Dice is so important, man. Yeah. Like I know they're like, oh, everyone has some D sixes from the Monopoly set, but like two dice is not enough even to play Kill Team. Like you need at least six or eight. Six, yeah, six or eight, because you have like you need to have a. Uh, you have dice or counter for your command points or like whatever you and your wounds and, and wounds yeah yeah so you still need to have a lot like when you don't have anything in the box yeah. it's I think it's kind of insult yeah. uh, towards players so games shop if you're listening to that don't like don't yeah, just, no, just you stop mean, it now. continue listening to us that's that's fine <laughs> I mean like I appreciate I appreciate but don't do this like don't put a just, box just stop repackaging Indomitus just release them I don't even bloody want them and I'm annoyed. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I just just release them in boxes so people can buy them. Like that's that's how it's supposed to work, man. Like I get with like star sets like Indomitus putting it all in one box to begin with. That's kind of exciting. People get to buy all the new models at once. But that was ages ago. Like mm-hmm. these aren't new models. Like these are stuff that's just been repackaged. So yeah. stop it. Like four times already. Yeah, so many times. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That was my yeah. my minute of complaint. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Book recommendations. Yeah, let's do some book recommendations. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. I actually finished one that I can recommend. Okay. It's not a fantasy book. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not like in any matter probably connected to 40k, uh, but it's still kind of grim dark. It's a book about bullying in school. Okay. Uh, it's a short one. It's it has like 150 pages, I think, and it's a book of modern Spanish writer Eloy Moreno. Uh, funny enough, I mean he's really well known in uh, in English speaking countries and overall in Europe, uh, and uh, he's been translated in like all the main European languages, I think. Uh, but for some reason, he's like he's well known. He's translated, but. I haven't heard about him much before I actually found this book. Mm-hmm. And the book is called The Invisible. Uh, so this is basically uh, a book about a boy uh, who started to be bullied at school and uh, started to think that he has uh, superhuman powers. 
as one of them was to become invisible. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spoil, but it it kind of didn't end good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this is book. I mean, like such books that really important. Uh, I honestly think that such books should be included into school programs as well, uh, because uh, sometimes I mean, as we get older, we kind of forget about that. Uh, but like bullying is really bad. Like in general, it's just really bad behavior, and that can lead to some really bad psychological consequences uh, in the future. Uh, and uh, this particular book, it was so. I mean, like it's such so touching, and uh, it's such heartbreaking in many ways. Uh, so I, I wouldn't tell like it's a funny read or something like that, but it's like it's really important one, and uh, it's a really good story in itself. Uh, it actually like. You kind of live those 150 pages, not just read them, but actually live that period of life of that boy. So I definitely recommend it to everyone um, uh, who wants to read something different from usual like fantasy, sci-fi uh, stuff that we usually recommend here. Uh, so again, Eloy Moreno, Invisible. Um, I just realized... We've never suggested the Eisenhorn trilogy on this podcast. No, no actually which never. Is, um, kind of a big miss on our part, is probably the first like book that really broke away from 40k and sort of transcended the genre in some sense. Like people who didn't know what a space marine was were reading these books. The first one's called Zeno, um, so start there, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good version of it on Audible as well. Um, it's really good acting. Um, it's basically like about an Inquisitor. You learn a lot about, if you've never don't know much about 40k lore it's a fantastic place to start because it explores kind of the xenos chaos and imperium quite like from a kind of like a good sort of perspective uh, as the inquisitor is traveling around um it's really hard not to give spoilers <laughs> um but like it, and there's like some other stuff in there like about psychic powers and about blanks and how they react beck was probably the best character who mm-hmm. is the blank um and yeah it was like it's like the fundamental text of 40k in a lot of ways, 40k law. Like, if you go onto the 40k law Reddit page and you ask for book recommendations, the first thing they say is, have you read Eisenhorn Trilogy? Mm-hmm. I think, personally, there are books now, mostly from the Horus Heresy Trilogy, um, that are better in 40k, like better written, better stories and everything. But it's such a fundamental part of 40k kind of growing up, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, coming, coming away from... Uh, like this sort of vague law that was in codexes and there was a few books to like okay this is a proper novel that mm-hmm. like even if you have no interest in playing Warhammer you're going to find interesting so if you've never read it and you've read other 40k books or if you've never read a 40k book like it's one of the best places to start I think so yeah, yeah. read Eisenhorn if you haven't and like, that's 40k it's yeah. not 30k it's 40k yeah it's an actual 40k it's an actual yeah. 40k book yeah cool cool uh, so yeah thank you for listening once again guys as always follow us on twitter you can always ask us questions there tell us we're idiots tell me the, lo- the lord of change isn't the important thing for demons if you manage to make an argument that that isn't the best model in chaos right now i'll be really compelled because i can't see anything <laughs> i can't see how you build a competitive chaos list without taking him at least into consideration unless you're trying to do something like ps Ash to get best in faction like he just seems so good um, um, yeah, we will look forward to talking to you next week and that's it.
yeah, that's it. Thank you guys. Bye bye.